Welcome to the Discover Life Podcast. Find the path to strong health, whole hearts, and steady impact with me and the Robin Wesley and Young Adults. I'm your host, Brock McDonald, and you're here for another episode of Church Chats, where I'll share my thoughts on this week's topic and get the ball rolling for our discussion this Sunday. This week's topic is worship, uh, which is a fun word. Uh, it comes from an old English compound word of worship, of how worthy something is. It's uh, a way of uh, praising or saying how awesome it is. It's not uh, It's not how worthy of shame. It's how worthy of worth. Um, that was a little redundant. Sorry. But last week we talked about God's bigness, his worthiness. Uh, today I thought we should talk about our response to that. Is our focus perhaps a measure of worthiness? Um, the old adage used to be time is money, um, but I think focus is the new currency of the day. So what are some measurements of our focus? Uh, perhaps what do we talk about most? What gets us excited? Uh, is it a hobby, a person, a topic? If this isn't God, the person or these things could be distracting you and me from our true purpose. I'm not telling us to drop our hobbies or that person, that area of interest. That's not the problem. It's the, the ordering of things. Uh, these things and relationships are meant to do one or two things. Uh, one could be point me to God, that it would be a platform, a context, an excuse uh, to relate to God. Like when we go on a date, we usually... Uh, go somewhere and do something. It's not because that movie is amazing or the food is so scrumptious, but it's just an excuse to be together. And we seek a less and less distracting, more and more enjoyable context of being together. Uh, it's a necessary location. So that's that's one of the things it could be. It could also be an expression of him to the world. Uh, so these relationships, hobbies, topics. Uh, it could be uh, not just an act, but that our expression of God to those people, that thing, it's not us putting on an act, but expressing who God is, uh, that we could learn to love on God's behalf, uh, which I think is hard for us. It can hurt our hearts um, to engage that heavily, to share God's love because his love is pretty intense. Uh, it also might be boring sometimes, and uh, other times it is amazing. Uh, but all that to say, don't let this hobby, that thing that you love, or that relationship, that topic, distract us from the point, which is God. Uh, Hebrews says, let's throw away everything that hinders, including sin that so easily entangles. But they're assuming there is things more than sin that entangle us. And it says, let us run with endurance. It's not about throwing everything else away, unless it's some sort of addiction or sin. The stuff isn't the problem. It's my attitude toward it. If it slows me down, I should drop it and chase God with all that I am. Now, a clarifying point. It might feel like it's slowing me down from my pursuit of God, but is it something that God has called me to carry? Uh, it's easier to run alone until you stumble. Maybe God wants me to run with one of these weights that I feel like is holding me back, but he's thing will save me, will help me in the end. And then there's the other things that 
he's not calling us to carry, but we really love carrying and dropping those is easier said than done. So I think this is probably less about knowing another fact, um, worshiping, saying he is worthy. We don't need to understand more of how awesome God is. I think we've heard those things before. I think it's more about loving him more, respecting him more, being in awe of him more, in love with him. I heard someone talk about this the other, not too long ago, that they didn't want God to return yet. They didn't want to go to heaven just yet. Um, As if there was something here on earth that was worth putting heaven off for. Uh, But you and I, we are here on earth. We are alive right now because God has work for us. And I think he wants us to train for heaven because it's going to be intense. Um, But everything that's good in this life is a teaser of what heaven will be. Everything else is a tool or is my purpose or is a distraction. Um, John Wesley, he had an interesting uh, life and he had an interesting perspective on life. He said, as long as God has work for me, I am immortal. As in, I will be here as long as he wants me to be, and then I get to go home. So this is my theory. Uh, we've been talking about it all summer, but that life is about experiencing God. Uh, and I actually got to hear my dad talk on this same topic. I didn't know we were of the same mind, but uh, he was saying he thinks life is about learning how to pray without ceasing. And prayer, he said, was just asking God for things and thanking him for things uh, that you tell him what you need help with and you thank him for it. And it doesn't need to be some big high level thing. could be very humdrum, very ordinary, uh, thankful for a bird that you like to see or for nice weather or something beautiful, uh, the way you like your house. If you thank him for everything good, because everything good is from him and it's all meant to be an excuse to interact with him. They're just talking points. Um, I think with this idea that he was talking about, it's very beneficial for us to talk to each other about what God is doing and why he's awesome. One of kind of the easiest ways we brag on people as Canadians is we talk well about them. That that could be a an excellent practice of worship that I don't know if we do very much. or I don't think if we do it, I don't think we're very conscious of it that we would corporately uh, brag about God to each other. And I think that would encourage one another hearing what God's doing in your life. And I think he likes to be spoken well of to to others, as well as uh, us to him directly. Um, But life is awe-inspiring because God has made it that way. And we are unique in his creation that no other animal enjoys beauty. Uh, nothing stops to watch the sunrise or take in something beautiful. That is, I think, solely our practice. Um, and I think God wants us to be able to experience him in the mundane, um, in the midst of all of our little things. But I also think we have this longing uh, for something more. C.S. Lewis said, if I find in myself desires, nothing in this world can satisfy. I can only conclude that I am not made for this world, which my heart aches at to think. Um, And I 
I have whole Pinterest boards dedicated to longings that I can't satisfy in this world. And just this morning, I was pretty, uh, pretty low and went for a drive. I was thinking about my little house here in town with no land and longing to be out in the countryside with some space, with some trees. And God kind of nudged my heart and he said, you know, if you go out here, you won't, <laughs> you'll miss all the things of the city. And everywhere I've put you, Brock, I've given you a taste of heaven, but it's your home in heaven that you're really looking forward to, that you're really longing for. Uh, I just finished teen camp, and one of the memory verses they had was from John 14, when Jesus is in the garden, and he's talking to the disciples, and he's telling them he's going to prepare a place for them, and it's going to be beautiful. And I I was pleased to hear that verse the hundred times or whatever I got to this week, but it, it kind of hit home just this morning, um, that Jesus has prepared a place for me, and he's still preparing a place for me. And that's really what my heart longs for. So I can uh, increase my tolerance and capacity to tolerate a not heaven, a not perfect home. Uh, 80 Hesford Street doesn't need to be heaven on earth. I can just enjoy the good things that are here and uh, take the world as it is, not as I would have it. So the world is a mess and it hurts us. Uh, family hurts us. Friends hurt us. Work hurts us weather and circumstance. Uh, we are often wrong, often we misunderstand, and we are misunderstood. Uh, life hurts. And where do we go with our problems? I think this is a, a capacity of worship. Um, where do we take our, prov our problems, says what we think is able to solve them, or worthy of our attention. Um, the right way, I think, to do all of these things is to talk to God about it. And we, as God's children, as his representatives, we can talk to each other about it and kind of bear up each other's burdens before God, with God. You might find this a little uh, dramatic, uh, that your life isn't like that. Maybe your life's pretty chill. I think if it is chill, it's because you've spent a lot of time and effort making it so, or maybe somebody else has spent a lot of hard work to create a safe space for you. Um, or maybe we're chill in life because we're apathetic to our problems and we've learned to ignore them and tune them out. All three of these make prayer really hard. Make it really hard to see how worthy God is and we're more impressed with Canada's infrastructure, perhaps. Um, what need do I have of God if my bills get paid because my boss signed a check or direct deposited the money that I earned. Uh, if I'm hungry, I just go ask my fridge to cough up some food. If I'm hot, I crank the AC, eat an ice cream. And if I get cold, I've got heat and insulation and as much clothes as I could ever want. If I'm bored, I've got Netflix and games. And if I'm lonely, I've got social media. I don't have any problems I can't solve. I've got it all under control. I am God. Revelations 3.17 says, You say, I am rich, and I have acquired wealth, and I don't, do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so that you can become rich and wear white clothes, 
so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and put salve on your eyes so that you can see. Hmm. Are we rich or are we pacified? Another C.S. Lewis quote. When we consider the unblushing promises offered to us in the gospel from Christ, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. He says we're half-hearted creatures falling about with drink, sex, ambition, when infinite joy is being offered to us. He says we're like a peasant playing in a mud pie in a slum because we don't know what it means to be offered a vacation at the sea. And then he ends with this great line, we are far too easily pleased. Hmm. How are we today? Heavy stuff. I have this theory. It's mostly stolen from uh, Monica and Grace. They were talking about this at the office the other day, and it was fascinating. I don't remember what ideas were mine and theirs, uh, but credit where it's due. The, these are some very insightful ladies that got this ball rolling in my head. Uh, my premise is life is hard. And the world happens to us. Circumstances happen to us. And what's our response? Do we run? Do we fight? Do we join up with them? Uh, running is seeking more good or less bad. Fighting is taking control. Uh, I don't know what you do. I'm slow to take control, quick to run away. And I think we, we all have a, a default and then a thing we do when we snap. Um, there's a personality test called the flag style, and they talk about a hard and soft on a scale of 1 to 100. I'm 98% soft, and it's at that last 2% that I'll try the hard, that I'll try the fight. Um, neither is evil, neither are good. They're tools, uh, and we need to discern what tool to use in what way and when. Sin happens when we seek good feelings or run, or we try to take control or fight the wrong way. And worship happens when we seek good feelings, or we run, or we try to take control in a fight the right way. Uh, we're supposed to flee sexual immorality, but Paul also tells us to, to stand against evil uh, in Ephesians 6. Uh, Tolkien, in talking about uh, fantasy, and people were criticizing him that he lived too much in his fantasy world where he made several whole languages with grammars and histories. He wrote thousands of pages uh, with pen and paper, and I think he had someone else type them up for him. But it was a huge portion of his life. And he said, isn't it the job of the prisoner to try to escape? And I thought that's interesting that he viewed himself as a prisoner of this world, this world and he was seeking escape, uh, not fleeing from the work God had for him, but fleeing from the imprisonment that Satan sought to give him. So here are these pieces. Uh, we've been talking about a bunch of these. We are a soul. Our, that's our body is a soul. And our spirits are very connected to that body. That's why sex outside of marriage isn't a good thing. It's a powerful interaction that's through our bodies that ties our spirits together. We call it a soul tie in English, but that's the English soul, uh, meaning a biblical spirit. Yay, language. Uh, so our actions, our habits, our spirit is connected. And our actions affect our habits, which affects our, whole, our soul uh, in the English sense. 
And I think it also, our actions and habits affect our physiology, our biblical soul. Uh, it applies to our brain chemistry. If we keep doing wrong or poor sources of comfort, it hurts our lives. Uh, if it's drugs or sex or food, social media, screens, wherever we go for our comfort, uh, it, it changes how we are. Uh, it was interesting at camp watching the youth who were anxious. Instead of seeking a ball to play with or a friend to talk to, when things got awkward, when they didn't know what was going on, they all reached for a screen. Uh, and they'd thumb away on their screen till something more uh, familiar happened. So anxiety uh, seems to be some lack of a feel-good chemical. I think it's dopamine. Monica knows better. Uh, but I think we could be short on it for a few reasons. A lack of family support. Maybe life has been draining. Maybe we have some poor coping skills or poor coping mechanisms. Uh, and I think depression is in a similar vein. It's a chemical reality that medication can help offset a symptom, but the cause, the root, must be addressed, I believe, for improvement. Um, so we're talking about worship. We're talking about uh, life being hard. And I think this is, the, uh, this is the rub here, that God is meant to be the source of our dopamine and that worship could be that eternal inlet, outlet of the feel-good chemical that we so desperately crave and we seek in all these other places. That if we could learn to worship God in every movie, if every uh, game we played, every picture we looked at online was an opportunity for thanks and worship, uh, I think we would be more balanced, whole, resilient people. Uh, so let's take so talk, stock of ourselves. What makes you anxious or gets you down? Why? Uh, and where do you go when life has you low? What happens there? So uh, confession. My, uh, what really gets me down is if I feel unheard. Um, I, I have a really hard time when I feel like I'm... I'm misunderstood. And my unhealthy place to turn is usually screens. I'm looking for some sort of stimulus, some distraction. I play high stimulus games. Maybe I listen to something while I play if I'm stressed. And I seek input, uh, good feelings, through a controlled environment, through the game, where I control my character absolutely and hopefully masterfully uh, to the chagrin of my enemies and to the pleasure of my teammates. The high, when that works, it's, it's subtle, but it's affirming. It says, I am skillful. I am in control. Uh, but there's a problem here. This feeling, uh, though it's a boost, it does absolutely nothing to help my present circumstances. So if it's an opportunity for God, to, God and I to interact, it's totally worth it. And if it's me running from life, I'm, I'm hindering myself. Uh, and I'm developing a rut to go into a wrong way. So I'm not sharing this because I, I desire your counsel necessarily. Uh, I'm, I'm more saying it, this as an example and wondering, who are you? What, what makes you down? Where do you go? 
ultimately, God wants us to run to him, however we do it. I was uh, super impressed. One of the senior teens at camp, we gave them fidget toys if they were doing good things. And one of them uh, was playing with that while they prayed, and God was speaking to them through their fidget spinners, or infinity cube, I think it was. Uh, super cool that they they were experiencing God in this very mundane, simple toy that God can speak to them. So God wants us to run to him. And we can find him anywhere, but that we would run to him, not to these things, uh, to bring his control to a situation. Not my way, uh, but to bring it under his control, that his kingdom would come into this chaotic thing that's beat me up. Life is hard, and we were always supposed to work. Work was part of creation. But now people are selfish and the world is broken, so the work is even harder. We were always supposed to go to God with our problems, with our joys, our questions, and victories. But all hazard, with most of life's problems, um, are because we don't know how to connect with God in this situation or circumstance. Whatever it is, I think the, the root problem of most things is we don't know how to experience God in the midst. And I also think he's designed us to get bored of all of these um, normal things in life. He's designed us to always need a bigger dose of the drug, a more dramatic twist, a bigger jump scare, a bigger surprise or present, one more uh, thing to buy. He made all of these things limited in effect because they're just road signs. They're only helpful as much as they point to him. And after they've done that, if we keep heading towards them, oh, we're going the wrong way now. You pass the sign, you leave it behind, right? God is infinite, and I think we're meant to press into him forever and experience him forever, and that worship would be our drug. But I think we're also afraid of the infinity of heaven. I've heard people afraid that they get bored. That, you know, a day would come we'd say, oh, yeah. There's God. I've seen him. I know that one, um, that we get over familiar. But he made us the millions of believers. And he says that he wants us to become one with him, to be the bride to his son. He, the infinite, perfect Trinity, is inviting me and you to become equals with him, that we, the finite, could explore him forever, unending goodness. All good things come to an end? No, that, that's just not true. Not all good things come to an end. Lots of good things have come to an end, but God does not. He is the ultimate good. All evil comes to an end. All pain will come to an end. But good will continue forever. So what's your hang-up or habit? Life hurts us all, and how do we respond? There's this awesome prayer that I don't pray enough, but it's a good one. Uh, you've seen probably part of it on a Tumblr quote somewhere, but it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, taking this world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right, if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life, and supremely happy with you 
forever in the next. Amen. This world, it's a mess. It will mess on you, and it takes a lot of skill and self-control not to spread the mess even more. I don't have enough skill, uh, but I believe God wants us to come to him, and I think worship and prayer is the solution to the hurts of our heart. And I think these things can go hand in hand, that they don't need to be separate songs, separate moments, separate prayers, but they could be different breaths, or maybe one lung is worship and the other is a request, but that we would breathe and be in his presence and that we would be focused on him. How do you worship? Well, thank you so much for uh, listening. Uh, I really hope you can come out to the service tomorrow. We've got the young adult service at noon at the camp. We've got uh, some more food to barbecue, some good times to be had. But let me know what you think. Why do you worship? How do you worship? When do you run to God? Maybe consider sharing what do you do when life gets hard? Do you try to take control? Do you try and run away? Do you do that with God or without him or regardless whether or not you're with him at the moment? Anyway, thank you so much for joining the conversation. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. God bless you.